Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. here every time we gather. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your goodness. What an awesome worship experience. You know, our worship nights, I know the ladies have one coming up, but we're going to have more of these outpourings throughout the year. And uh, that's why we do those. It dedicates the whole night of just seeking God and going after him. The spirit moves. The spirit moves during that time. So you want to make sure you, you join in and participate in those as we have them. Hallelujah. Well, let's see. Hallelujah. God is good. You ready for the word today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. While you're turning over to Matthew, why don't you stand to your feet with me and we're going to continue in this series about prayer. We've been talking about prayer. Uh, The Lord is moving our church into a deeper level of prayer and in that direction of prayer. And uh, so while you're going over to Matthew 6, we always stand in honoring to honor God's word. Thank you for being with us in person or online. I do want to give a shout out. We got one of the heroes of our Markham family and heroes of our faith. Uh, Sister Marlene Brown is here. Why don't you wave wave at us? This is Sister Marlene and her son, Bill Brown, Pastor Earl Brown's wife. And uh, the Browns have been uh, just so amazing to our family. My dad, mom got saved under their ministry. They pastored in Southwest Detroit for several years and then uh, traveled as missionaries to Turkey, planted seven, the seven churches of Ephesus and Revelation. Pastor Brown, his vision was to re, uh, revive those. And so uh, he's written books. And both of these two uh, have just been awesome people and role models for our, our family. And so we're honored just to have you worshiping with us today. Say, God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Amen. Hallelujah. So we've been talking about when you pray. When was the time of prayer? A couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, having a habit of prayer. We got these bracelets made. They're at the Welcome Center in the cafe. They're free. Grab one. Just a reminder to pray first. It's also a good conversational piece for people uh, to talk about prayer and God and and, uh, things like that. So we talked about when to pray, and it's all the time. It's a habit. Then we talked about you, our heart coming to God in a secret place with a heart, not like the religious Pharisees and pretentious pride and all of that. So we talked about that. Now we're going to focus on prayer itself, the different models of prayer uh, that are in the Bible for us. And uh, we're only going to look at a couple of them. And today we're going to look at uh, what you may have heard it called the Lord's Prayer. You've probably never heard the Lord's Prayer preached like this today. So welcome to a Pentecostal church. Amen. And uh, we're going to be led to the Lord. I'm going to title this the Lord's Model. The Lord's model, and this is in Matthew chapter 6. We were here a couple of weeks ago, and then Jesus is talking about prayer. In verse 7, he says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you even ask. So in this manner, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts, trespasses, or sins, whatever translation you have, as we forgive others 
uh, when they sin against us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses or their sins against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for your presence here today. Instruct us, encourage us, refresh our minds and memories, Lord. And God, put a hunger of prayer in our lives today like never before as we lean in and seek you, God. We know that revival only comes through prayer. We know that God's everything that we receive from you only comes through faith and through prayer. So, Father, hear us today. Let us hear your word. Anoint our hearts and our ears to hear what you want us to hear today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated today. Thank you, Pastor Steve. We get right into this today. Kind of set this up. This is the Lord's model Model, how many people that we have here that work in the auto industry, auto factory, one of the big three, amen. You help make cars. God bless you, amen. This is the Motor City. There's probably tons of you, many watching online. Maybe you're retired, but that's what we do. That's what we're known for in this area so, uh, of the world. So maybe this, uh, this will shed a little light that uh, I want to kind of frame prayer like this about automobiles. The Model T, you remember that? The Model T from 1908 to 1927. It was named the most successful and influential car of the 20th century. The reason for its success was threefold. It was easy to make, it met the need of the growing working class, and it was affordable. You could buy a brand new car in 1908 for a whopping price of $850. It held the title the most sold car in history until 1972 when it was surpassed by the Volkswagen Beetle. How many remember Herbie Goes Bananas? Amen, amen. Uh, the Beetle beat the Model T for this simple reason, and here's the point. All because Ford refused to adjust its model to be more fuel efficient. They were stuck on the Model T. They said, this is the way it's going to be. It was the best-selling car all these years. We refuse to change. The same way many of you might have heard about the Lord's Prayer, and when we talk about prayer, you may have a certain framework in your mind that this is the way prayer is. I want to challenge that starting today, that Jesus is introducing to the world uh, not a model or a prayer that we're supposed to pray forever, word by word, repetitively. In fact, he even condemned it. We read it a few minutes ago. This instead, Jesus is introducing the framework of how we are to, to commune with God in prayer. Just like the early cars kind of set the foundation and a design helped us understand uh, the framework of a successful automobile, we, uh, we have built on that automobile. I don't think anyone drove a Model T here today. But still, we all have what? Driven cars that have four wheels, that have tires, that have wheel or doors, that have uh, steering systems and steering wheels. It's the same way Jesus is doing with the Lord's Prayer. It was never intended to be the only prayer that we pray. It wasn't intended to be 
recited word for word and then say, God, I'm done. No, it was simply the framework for you and I to learn how to come to God in prayer. So I want to break that down to you today as the Lord has led and put this into my heart. So there's five things you want to write them down and write this down, even though you may be very familiar with the Lord's Prayer. I'm sure everybody here is. In fact, this is not the Lord's Prayer. If you want to hear how Jesus prayed, you need to go over to John 15, 16, 17. That's how Jesus prayed. Again, this was simply a model with some uh, concerns that Jesus said. These are the concerns that we are to use when we are communing with God. I practice these every day, regularly, and I'm sure you will too as you recognize them uh, today. And if not, incorporate them into the way you pray. I'm so encouraged by so many of you telling me you've got a secret place now, you've been praying more, your prayer life is going to the next level. That's amazing, that's good. That's what God is wanting us to do. We're living in some crazy times right now. And the things we need to do to know what God wants us to do, we gotta lean into him. We gotta be in his presence and find out what God wants. And we do that through prayer. So we wanna incorporate these into our prayer. So he starts off with the first one, our Father. When Jesus is teaching this simple truth, he says, our Father. What's he saying? He's saying to begin with connecting relationally. This is what Jesus is teaching. When you come to God and we come to God, the first thing we need to do is to connect with him relationally. He's introducing God as Father. He's only called Father twice in the Old Testament. He's only referred to as the Father of nations. He's not referred to in the Old Testament as an individual person's Father. But Jesus comes along and he says, I want to show you the favorite name that your God loves to be addressed by. And it is your Father. Connecting with God relationally is the very first thing we need to do when we come to God in prayer. Why? Because how you view God will determine how you live for God. How you see God, how you view God will determine how you live for God. Remember the parable of the talents. The guy that hid his talent and didn't do anything with it. When it was time to stand and give an account for what he did with his talent, what did he say? He said, God, I knew you to be an austere and strict man. Words out of his own mouth. That's why I didn't do anything with what you've given me. The other two said, I know you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. I know that you are a good, good father. And so everything you've given me, I have duplicated it. What was the difference? The way they viewed God. It's the way you view God. And some people struggle with this right here. You don't feel like you're, you're worthy enough to, to get in the car with God. You, you don't feel like you can, you can get there. But prayer is that car. God is saying, come on in the car. I want you to sit in the front seat. I want you to spend time with your Father. We have been given that through the death of Jesus Christ. Some of you may feel like you're ashamed or you're not worthy to sit in his presence or you don't see God as a good God. Maybe you've had a bad example uh, with an earthly father and so this whole ideal of a good father is hard for you. Struggle with it. God is, first thing Jesus is saying, he's saying, I want you, and I love what what he says. He says to his Jewish followers, he is our father. And later in his teaching, he told his disciples, he said, I am talking about the sheep that is not yet with us, but will be with us one day. He's talking about you and me. He's saying God is all of our Father. 
whether you were born a Jew or whatever you were born, through Jesus Christ, you and I can come to God as a father and a son. We gotta get that in our heart before you go any further and ask God for anything. You gotta get it into your mind and into your heart that he's your father, that he loves you and he wants to spend time with you. And, and through Jesus, you get the right and access to be in his presence. He is your father through Jesus Christ. You don't come all timidly and, oh man, I don't wanna be with God, you know, I don't see God like that. No, you can come boldly, the Bible says, what, right? Boldly to the throne of grace. You gotta get that tenacity in our hearts and in our lives. This is Black History Month and, and one of the heroes that we all learned about, I know I did the very first time in February at high school. I went to John F. Kennedy High School in Taylor. Shout out to the best school that ever was, high school, amen. And uh, Miss Hamilton, this was one of her favorites in Black History Month. We learned about Rosa Parks and how she stood and she you know, made a stand and everybody was telling her that she's not good enough, right? And that she had to sit in a certain place. But she got fed up with that. She got fed up with hearing about that and she took a stand on that day. She's a hero of the civil rights movement and a contribution into our society simply because she believed and her faith was a part of that. She knew she was uh, a child of God just like everybody else was on that bus. And she said, enough is enough. I'm going to sit where I want to see because I'm just as good as all of y'all. And she made, she made a stand. Same thing Jesus is saying here. He says, boys... And girls, before you go any further, you need to realize, I'm going to provide a way and access for all people to come to my Father as a heavenly Father. Whether you are Jew, black, white, brown, male, or female, He is your Father. You are His son and His daughter. True. we got to get that tenacity that our sister Rosa Parks had and rise up and say, you know what, I can have access to God. When you look at it like that, you'll want to pray. You'll want to get in the front seat with God. You'll want to sit down with him. But it starts with how you view God. Look at his scripture in Romans. Paul the apostle says in chapter 8, he says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Abba is actually the Latin word for daddy. Paul the apostle is saying that we've all been adopted into the family of Christ through Jesus Christ. And, and if you are at that first part where it says that you have fear when it comes to God, uh, an unhealthy fear, you need to get rid of that. You are a, a son. You've been adopted into the family. No matter what sin you've committed, no matter what problem you have, and I don't want to drive this point too much, but maybe somebody needs to hear that, because I know I did when I got saved. I didn't think I was good enough to be in his presence. I, I, I didn't think, man, the, the mistakes I made and the decisions I made. Well, I love this scripture because it tells us that you come to the Lord and you, he will adopt you into his family through Jesus Christ. So we got to connect relationally with him. Then he begins to say, the other thing he says is, this is how we are to pray, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. What does that mean? Hallowed is a, is a way of worship. It's worshiping his name. This is how we enter his presence in the secret place. And as you pray, you start off by saying, Father, thank you, Lord. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. You are my father. 
I want to be in your presence. And then you begin to, to worship his name. Before we ask anything, what does the scripture say? Enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Enter his courts with praise. Before we ask anything, Jesus is saying we need to get, come with an attitude of worship. Worship needs to be a part of our prayer life. It, it's something, I, you can, you, it may take you 15 minutes to connect to God relationally. It may take you a half hour you just spend getting your mind adjusted to God being your father and being in his, and worshiping him. And he says to worship his name. Now let me just show you some stuff about the name. A lot of people talk about the name of Jesus more like a doctrine without talking about the person of Jesus. You gotta know the person of Jesus before you start using the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what you were baptized in. It doesn't matter what you were dedicated in. And we, we make a, a, a big doctrine over the name of Jesus. Well, I'm telling you, Jesus is not a name. He's a person. And, and we got to get, that's why he said, before you go any further, before you even worship the name, connect with the person. He's your father. But then once you begin to worship his name, there's so many names in the Bible. And I love the prophetic word that just happened. She had no idea, Sister Debbie, that brought that word. She had no idea that I was going to talk about this today. But these are some of the names in the Bible. Jehovah Nisi is our banner. Here's, here's eight of them. He's Savior. He's Healer. These are all the banners in the Bible that God reveals. Him. These are just some, by the way. There's even more than these. There's one that is... His name is there. He is there. <laughs> That's one of his names. I am there. What does that mean? Wherever you need God to be, he is there. Moses said, what do I tell Pharaoh who sent me? What did God say? Tell him the I am sent you. In other words, just tell him I am. I am what? I am whatever you need me to be. I am all sufficient God. That's who I am. I'm too good to be contained in one name. I'm too good to be referred to in one little name. I am the great I am. I was from the beginning, I am now, and I will be to the end. I am the great I am. That's God. But these names he reveals in the Bible. And when we're in our prayer time and when we are communing with him, this is what Jesus is teaching. Before we give him a list and say, here, I need you to do all of this, begin to worship that he's your savior. I do that. God, I just thank you that you saved me. Thank you that I can come into your presence through the name of Jesus even right now at any time. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, that you are my healer. How many are thankful that he is your healer? He is our healer. Begin to worship. God, you are my healer. I begin to give you praise. Like Paul and Silas were. We talked about this at our, at our men's breakfast yesterday morning. And I love how Gary had that set up. We broke up into groups and discussed the passage there where Paul and Silas were worshiping God. This is exactly what they were doing, fellas. They were worshiping God even though they had wounds on them and they were in pain. They, they didn't wait until they got healed to worship him. They worshiped during the trial, during the storm, during them being in prison. What were they doing? This right here. You're a healer, God. You are amazing, God. I worship you. You are a deliverer. You are my righteousness. And all of these are made available through Jesus Christ. You are my provider. 
I worship you, God. You are my provider. I don't care what the economy does, Lord. I don't care about inflation. I don't care what happens in this country, Lord, because you are my source. You are my Jehovah Jireh. You will provide for me and my family. I worship you. I be- Come on, help me do that right now if you believe that. Just begin to worship him right now if you believe he's your provider. Say, God, I just worship you. You are my provider right now. Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh my provider you in between jobs worship him as being your provider I've been hired right on the spot for jobs that I was not qualified for did you hear me when you got God on your side he will open doors for you he will just make cause the favor of God to be upon you don't care if you were a C student in school He'll put you in charge and and let you be a CEO. I mean, God will do that. Look at King David. He was a shepherd boy, but he became one of the most famous and successful kings. Why? Because he was a worshiper. He was a worshiper. He wasn't afraid to express his love and worship. Even as king, he would take his sophisticated garments off. Y'all remember him? And he would whirl and he would dance with all of his might. You ever dance with all your might? Some of y'all did back in the club. You'd be "Mm -hmm," getting all sweaty. Have you ever done that for Jesus? Have you ever got so excited? Fellas, you ever get so excited about Jesus? It's like you do with your football team. I know Lions ain't going, but if the Lions ever go to the Super Bowl, you better believe this boy right here is going to be dancing on Mason Street. Detroit will go wild, by the way, if Lions go. And all these dignified men, all my friends, all you guys, that you know, you'll, be, you'll be shouting in, I guarantee it, right? Same way. We are to be that way. Give yourself, let me just say this. I, I realize that we are in Van Buren Township. I realize that we are some sophisticated folks with some education and success. Some of us, amen, amen. Uh, but however, we, we consider ourselves to be distinguished or whatever. I even got a turtleneck on. It's driving me crazy, but I even dressed up. <laughs> So we like to look good, but let me tell you something. Church is going to always be one of those spaces where you need to give yourself permission to get wild for Jesus. Did I say that? I said that. This is a space where you need to say, it's okay to lift my hands. It's okay. That's why I always have you come to the altar because we got to get used to that. That is, should be the norm when you come to church is to get into his presence and don't care who's watching. That's what Jesus taught. That's what David taught. That's how you see victory. That's how you, God responds to that kind of love. He responds to that kind of worship. So Jesus said, before you ask God for anything, connect with him as a father. Realize that you deserve to be there because of Jesus, not because of you, but because I paid my, your sin on the cross. So when he looks at you, he don't see you, he sees Jesus. And when he looks at Jesus on the cross, he sees you in your sin. For he who knew no sin became sin for you, so you could become the righteousness of God. Greatest scripture in all of the Bible. With that, you're, you and I are able to come as father and sit down in the front seat of the car. Leave him on the driver's seat, though. He drives. Come on, somebody. And that goes into the third point of this. Then you worship, but then you get into his. And this is, the, this is where some may not understand. This is the, the centerpiece of this message, and this is where we all struggle. But he said this, your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. 
That's not just a little, you know, hallelujah. Okay, I said it 50 times. That is not what Jesus is saying here. Do you know how powerful this prayer is? Do you know how life-changing this prayer is right here? Do you know this is the prayer that can bring uh, victory? This is the, the prayer, the part of the prayer. This is like the motor in the Model T. This is the motor in your car right here. This makes all the difference, how far you go in the kingdom of God. Because we all have those strongholds or, or uh, you know, soul ties. We all have those bad mindsets. And a bad mindset is something that just continues to, to just keep repeating itself and keeping us in a cycle. And you can't get far in the kingdom of God until those mindsets are broken, until we are surrendered to the Lord. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying. We need to pray. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's he saying? He's saying his kingdom needs to come. But his kingdom won't come unless our kingdom goes. And we ought to pray this every single day. There's two things in this I just wanted to bring on. Number one is obvious. It's to align ourselves with his will. We learned this last time that prayer isn't to convince God of our will, but for us to learn his will better. Right? It's not to get in there and just convince God. I'm going to pray really loud or pray a lot on this one thing until God answers it. I'm even going to fast to try to get God. That's not what prayer and fasting is all about. Prayer and fasting allows us to hear what his will is for our life better than what we know it at the time. So he says, you need to start learning to pray his agenda. His agenda is for all people to come to know his son Jesus. His agenda is for your whole family to be saved. His agenda is for you to forgive people and to treat other people like Christ treats them. You, you, this is what I want you to pray, church. And this is what caused the disciples to stumble, especially Judas, to stumble. Because they thought Jesus came to just set the Jews free from Roman oppression. Jesus said, I didn't come to set the Jews free from Rome. I come to set mankind free from sin. I'm here to, to bring in a kingdom. And in the process, the Jewish people did eventually become uh, favorites in Rome. And Rome declared Christianity as its religion. True story. Did happen. But this thing about God isn't about our comfort. Because he's, he's more concerned in who we are becoming rather than what we're going through right now. He is more concerned with who we are becoming than what we are going through right now. He's more concerned who we are becoming. Are we become? That's why he's given us the Holy Spirit, church. Was it just to speak in tongues? Was it just to operate in the gifts of the Spirit? He gave us the Holy Spirit so we will apologize and live like Christ and be able to love all people even if they look different, vote different, talk different. Live. We are, that's what the Holy Spirit was given to us to do. I ain't getting no preaching in this Presbyterian church. No amens this morning. Y'all with me today? I know you ain't never heard the Lord's Prayer preach like this. You, you know, I didn't think it was going to be that. <laughs> this is what Jesus is preaching. That we are to pray, your will be done. And I would add, this is called pray kingdom rule. This is what he's saying. Pray kingdom rule. And I would add, in every area of your life. This is, I pray this every day. Lord, let your will be done today. Let your will be done at River of Life. 
I pray this leading this church. I pray, God, what do you want to do? I know the church down the street or the church on, on you, and we got social media so you can see churches all over the place. Well, we need to do this, and we need to do that, and we need to do this, and maybe you are like that in, in your life or your business or your family, and you see what, what's going on and other things, and you feel the pressure. No, 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 no. We don't need to get caught up in it. That will drive you crazy. You need to say, wait a minute, what is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my family? What is your will for this church? What kind of church do you want? What do you want us to emphasize in this church and be? And that's what he gave me, his presence, his power, his promises in all people. He said, that's what I want you to do. I want you to be a, a missional church. I want you to be reaching out to the community and get those people that are lost. You're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit, but it's not meant to be a Pentecostal pan, uh, you know, picnic. It's meant to, to reach out to the lost and the hurting and let them know that there is a God in heaven who loves them and wants to be a father to them and will clean them up and set them free and bring them into the kingdom and the body of Christ. That's what I want you to be, River of Life. That's why we say we are the church. We are the church. This is just a building. And we're blessed, by the way, to have this building. We are thinking, so thankful to God his kingdom comes when our kingdom goes. So, you know, submission is what I'm getting to. And here's the second part of this. Is he is telling us to pray a, a prayer to submit to the will of God. Ooh, I know that's, that's a dirty word in our culture. You don't submit. You don't tell me to do nothing, Jack. I'm going to do what I feel like doing, when I feel like doing. I'm not going to come under nobody's authority. Isn't that a, the American mindset? That's our flesh. What did Satan say the very first thing in Genesis? Did God really mean you got to do it just like God said? You really got to do it. I mean, come on. He made you with your gifts and your independencies. Come on, man. You could, you could, you could. Come on, do, do this. He came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you know, if you are the son of God, I know you ain't supposed to be doing tricks with your power, but turn this stone into bread. You're hungry, ain't you? Same thing. And then finally, the third temptation, he said, if you will bow down and worship me, there it is. That's what he was after. There's one thing God and Satan is fighting for right now with every person listening to me and every person on the cameras, wherever you are. There's one thing that heaven and earth is wrestling. Heaven and hell are fighting over. You know what it is? It is your will. Because that is the most powerful thing God has given you is your will. Not your gifts, your talents, your looks. They're all beautiful. They're all good. You all look good. Amen. God bless you. What, what is the most powerful thing he has given you is your will. It's that willpower. In Exodus, God said, I had to come down and destroy the Tower of Babel. Why? You'll never hear this preached. The verse says, because they all have discovered the power of the unity in will. And there is nothing they can accomplish if they, went, if they get on the same page. What is he saying? God gave us that as a gift. But if we're not walking in the kingdom of God, we're building our own kingdom. And when we're building our own kingdom, we're not going to see the kingdom power and authority in our life. And that's the second part of why we need to pray this. Number one, to submit to his will. But here's the good news. When we submit to his will, because there's a narrative that came right out of the pit of hell that says submission is bad, is a bad word. Submitting to authority is bad. And we all have gotten that in our flesh. But God is saying this is the key to you getting kingdom authority. Let me say it again. This is the key for you to walk in kingdom authority. 
is if you willingly submit to my kingdom, I'll give you authority over your kingdom. How does the kingdom of God come on the earth? Jesus said, not through observation, for the kingdom of God is in you. That this is where we, we fight, and this is where we, we wrestle, is by submitting to his authority. God says, I want you to do this with your purity. I want you to do this with your sexuality. I want you to do this with your, this is who I say you are. This is your identity. This is what I want you to do how you raise your kids. This is what I want you to do with your finances. This is how I want you to treat your wife. This is how I want you to treat people of different races and ethnicities, and even those that vote different. This is the way I want you to live. This is the way. We then have a choice to say, okay, God, I see it, but I'm going to do it this way. Jesus said, this is the prayer. This is where we go wrong. Jesus said, if you want to see the power of God in your life, we need to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. And when we submit to God's will in those areas, listen, in those areas, watch, you'll see the authority and the power come. Jesus was in the garden and he said, Lord, I don't want to go to the, I don't want to go to the cross. I'm, I'm struggling with that. But what did he say? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Nevertheless, your will be done. Watch this. He submitted to the will of God. Then he received power to endure the cross. Let me show you this scripture. Jesus is teaching the kingdom of God. He says to his disciples, whatever city you enter and they what? They what? They hear you. They receive you. Say to them, first eat such things that are set before you because when people receive, they give. Giving is an automatic consequence of, of uh, receiving, right? You give. You receive your husband and wife, your love. You receive, there, there's giving. Love, love is automatic. So Jesus says, you guys, when people receive from you, they're gonna bless you, receive it. So watch this. And, that are, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. The kingdom of God is coming near them. To who? To those that receive who are submitting to what God wants to do. And I know this is not a fun thing to preach and learn, but look, look at the next verse. Jesus said, but those who do not receive. That sounds like an assembly of God thing he's preaching. That's submission. Yep, that's a pastor thing. That's a church thing. Yeah, it's just, you know, manipulation, and that's just, you know, that's just, that's what pastors do, you know. Gaslighting, you know, this and that. What podcast are you listening to, dude? <laughs> I'm reading to you the Bible. The Bible. And Jesus says, those that do not what? Receive, don't heal them. Not that you don't heal them and you can, they can't receive your healing because they won't submit to kingdom authority. Why can't I see this addiction broken off my life? Because you ain't submitted enough to God. That's what it is. You know, when you get into the occult and you get into witchcraft and the deep things of Satan, you'll learn that what they teach you in, in that. And I know we don't get into that. Maybe somebody here might, but... They'll teach you uh, that in order for you to get power from the depths of Satan is to become the most rebellious person you can become. 
So they tell young people, sleep with as many people as you can sleep with. Get as high, get drunk. Uh, go against every bit of authority. And they teach that in witchcraft because that, what? It enhances the strength and power of rebellion. That's exactly, what's the, what's the number one commandment in the Satanic Bible? Do what thou wilt. What is Jesus saying? What is Jesus saying right here? Not my will. Let your kingdom come. Why? Because that's his, the way his power flows through submission and humility, not pride and stubbornness. Okay, let's get out of the witchcraft because none of us are into that. Let's get into uh, being successful people. There's a guy named Saul in the Old Testament who was very educated, come from an affluent family. He was handsome. He was taller than anybody. He had leadership skills, and he was drawing crowds to everybody, but he refused to submit to the will of God. And what did God say? God said, you have a spirit of rebellion and stubbornness is like witchcraft on your life. He wasn't messing around with witches until the end of his life. Then he actually went to a witch, the witch of Endor. This is so powerful, and I know I'm taking time on this, but this is the main point. God wants us to see that this isn't an ugly word. It is a good thing to submit to the authority of God. You, you remember uh, the centurion in the Bible? He came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I got a servant of mine is sick. He said, but I am a man under authority like you, and I know all you got to do is say the word. You don't even got to come to my house. Just say the word, and I am a man of authority, and I believe in he's going to be healed. Jesus said the only time in the Bible that he stopped and said, this man had great faith. Jesus said, I've never seen nobody with this kind of faith. Why? The man understood authority. This is what Jesus is saying. We need to pray this every day. Why? Because my flesh don't want to submit to nobody. I don't know about your flesh. Tell the person next to you, is he talking to you or talking to him? This is powerful. Jesus said, those that receive you, I wonder if we would see more miracles in America if we would learn to submit to the ruleship of Jesus Christ more. He's our Savior, but let me ask you, bro, is he your Lord? He's your Savior, but is he your Lord? When he becomes your Lord, when he becomes the Lord of your life, this is how 25 years of living clean and sober, I'm not just a spokesman, I'm also a client. Why? Because I, it's hard to, to do this, but I'm telling you, there is victory on the other side of us submitting to the will of God. It is the most beautiful thing you'll ever do, and it takes trust to do it. And that's why we don't want to do it. But God is saying, I'm a good, trust me. Oh, I spend a lot of time on that. Then he finishes with all that other stuff that is really good, and it's our personal request. Pray for personal requests. That's when he begins to say personal forgiveness, repentance. He prays, uh, and you can have them all on the screen here, grace to forgive others, personal provision, daily bread, personal guidance. Then Jesus says, you know what? After we've submitted to his will and, and we do what God called us to do when we do that, then we're ready to ask him of the things that we need in our life. Go ahead, ask him for that new job that you need. Ask him for that car, you need a better car. Ask him for a house. I've been praying for a house to move out here for years. And this is what I'm praying. Your will be done, God. Let it, let it happen in your timing. It's okay to pray those things after we've established a connection relationally with our Father and we've worshiped Him and we've submitted our will to Him. Now we're ready to pray these things. 
and forgiveness of others. Man, that'll preach all by itself. And he says, you know what? You can pray for help to forgive others because you're going to need it. It's hard to forgive people. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. But again, God will give us the Holy Spirit and he'll give us the grace to do that if we ask him. Jesus added that little caveat at the bottom of the prayer. Did you catch that? He could have commented on all those other things, but he didn't. He just hit on that forgiveness. You forgive men their sins, your father will forgive you. Why did he have to put that in there? Because that's huge. That has to do with submitting to the will of God. That might be your biggest struggle here today, is simply doing the will of God, and that is releasing that person that has hurt you the most. I think the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody today. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Because my will is to do this, but your will is to do that. In Jesus' name. And last thing he says is your kingdom, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know what he's saying? Rest in faith. When we pray to God, you're going to connect with him relationally. You deserve to be there through the blood of Jesus Christ, right in that spot in the throne room of God. He is your Father. Begin to worship his name. And then do that hard prayer. Pray it every day. Not my will, your will be done. Bring your requests before the Lord, and whatever they are, he says, end it by resting in faith. Yours is the kingdom and the power forever. In other words, God, you're going to take care of this. I'm not going to worry about those burdens that came today that you brought to the Lord. Leave them here today. Leave them up here today. Don't pick them back up. Don't pick them back up. But this is what we do, right? We bring them to the Lord and we leave them at his feet and we say, there you go, God. That's my burden. I'm giving it to you. Pastor Eddie had that scripture and he had that word. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Say to my soul, won't get quiet, whatever those words are, yes. And, and, and then we go, there it is, God. It's right there. Lord, it's right there. Say to my soul, Lord, here it is. Hey, God, it's right here. Say what in my soul. I'm, I got the victory. I got the victory. Well, okay, God, if you ain't going to do nothing. And then we start carrying that burden again. That's exactly what we do. Jesus said, end your prayer like this. Here it is, God. I'm going to give it to you right now. Father, your will be done. In the name of Jesus, your timing be done. The way you're going to do it, however you want to do it, I'm okay with it. I say your will be done in your timing. I'm resting. Yours is the kingdom and the power forever. Amen and amen. You get up and you walk out. And that thing comes to your mind. You may have to do this 50 times a day. Uh, God, I'm giving it back. I ain't picking it up. You can have it, Lord. I gave it to you on that Sunday morning. I gave it to you on that Sunday morning. You're going to take care of it. But the enemy's going to say, ah, oh, he hasn't done it yet. You need to go pick it up. No, 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 no. I left it to you. I'm resting in you. You have the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.